0: Hello, everybody. This is Jim Dethmer with the Conscious Leadership Group, and I'm here with my partner and co-creator, Diana Chapman. Hi, Diana.
1: Hello. Happy to be here this morning. (laughs)
0: Yeah, like we're here in kind of a special way because we're recording this from Diana's house in scotts valley california and i'm looking out of her studio window at an unbelievable vista in the distance that's totally magnificent and if you were to know diana the thing that i'm overlooking is her garden with a big sign that says love grows here as you enter her garden and even now as i speak i can see her chickens hanging around out there so i'm at home base for the diana chapman soul creation project and her home is exquisite so great to be here doing this mm-hmm. all right so today we're going to have a conversation uh, with one of our dear dear friends kim redding hi kim
2: hi jim hi diana
0: mm-hmm.
2: i was and, picturing uh, that view jim because i'm quite familiar with that and that's maj- majestic I'm Yes, am <laughs> So uh this
0: uh this version of our leadership interview is going to be a little bit different and um you'll see why as we go friends because uh, Kim has been around us for many years, and he'll talk about himself in a minute and led very successful companies, and and now he's in a different stage in life. And so we're going to talk to him about kind of what life is like with the 15 commitments of conscious leadership, both as a leader of a company and now just navigating the world as he's navigating it as a retired guy. So it'll be fun. We'll see where this goes. So, Kim, why don't we start? Just uh, tell people about yourself a little bit, about your background, so they can identify and relate to you a little bit. and that'd be a great place to start.
2: Sure. So, um I spent most of my working career in the area of real estate and built a number of businesses in uh, real estate securities and um really I got I first got involved in the 15 commitments in an earlier iteration of it when I started my final company uh investing in real estate investment trusts on behalf of institutions. And Jim came in and helped us put together a culture with a a team of people that incorporated many of the commitments. And so I spent 30 years in the uh, field of finance and investment and um, built a team of people that really was trying to integrate many of the commitments of the uh, 15 commitments. Hmm. Ah, Sweet.
0: And then just for the fun of it, what are you doing now? What's your life like now?
2: Well, my life is as busy, if not busier now. I've got six children scattered around the world. And um, so I, I spend a lot of time in, in a granddaughter, a recent granddaughter. So I spend a lot of time working with the kids, um, two of them in particular, kind of getting them situated in life. And I'm in a new relationship with a woman who's also active in the 15 Commitments movement. And uh, she's got three kids. So between us, we've got nine. And uh I find that I have lots of opportunity to apply the principles and help coach these kids as they navigate life and um uh, it keeps me pretty busy.
0: <laughs> That's great. And uh Kim has participated in all kinds of the C L G offerings that we do in the world. He's been in uh forums for years with us and um he's been coached by Diana and his relationship with Anne Marie, who's an exquisite being, has been supported and coached by Diana over the years. And so he's a deep devotee of these practices in every dimension of his life. So it's wonderful. So Kim, why don't you talk a little bit about how practicing the 15 commitments is affecting your life? Like how's it it showing up in real time as you practice these things? How's it How's it affecting the way you live and move in the world?
2: Yeah, you know, Jim, maybe I would step back just one second. And as I was thinking about our conversation today, I thought, you know, I could really break my life into two big chunks. And Hmm. the first 30 years or so, I spent an enormous amount of time focused on building a business that people valued, not only our clients, but the competitors traveling all over the world. And I spent really 100% of my efforts doing things to gain approval from the outside. And so um, as I look at what that created, I had this, quote unquote, highly successful business that I had created with lots of people who enjoyed what they were doing. But I really had a life that was kind of empty and meaningless because I didn't really have the tools that the 15 Commitments now give me to, you know, to live life. And so I reached an inflection point in my life about five years ago when I retired where um, part of my journey was as I was building the business and running away from my feelings, I I was really unconscious and numb, and I had a number of affairs that led to havoc in my life for the people around me and myself personally. And I, I frankly just got to this point where I was so tired of living this dual life that something had to give. And I was coaching with Diana, and um, she suggested that I do some deeper work. So I went to a program in <laughs> Los Angeles and um, really looked at what was going on. And I had built a life, lifelong um, business out of seeking approval from the outside. And the reality is that the 11th commitment of learning to source security and approval from within has really been a life changer for me in that um, I can know that I'm uh, perfect as I am and really um, focus on myself individually. And I really can't be in a relationship with other people to I can be in a relationship with myself. And so this, the last five years, I've really been focused intently on understanding a lot of my history and working on being a better person, being a better Listener, being a better um, father, being a better partner in relationship, and really showing up in the world in a different way. And the fifteen commitments has really been a roadmap for me, of the the principles that I need to apply on a daily basis. So, it's really been a life changing experience for me in the last five years.
0: Mm. Yeah, it's that's great because you know one of the things we like to ask people is kind of what brought you. To the work was it a vision or was it pain because <laughs> uh, in the book uh, when we write about the change formula usually it's one or the other a combination is it a vision for something you really want or is it the pain of what's currently existing and i hear yeah. you saying that you know five years ago you got to a pain point
2: yeah i and i remember the the moment that it happened i you know i I traveled all over the world because the business I built was a global business. And I, uh, as I mentioned earlier, I had a series of affairs through my career and I um, had a son as a result of one of those affairs that I didn't meet till he was 11 years old. And I was really unconscious and, um, and, and I had this issue that I wasn't fully accepted by my parents as a kid. So I would fly around the world and I would land at a new destination. I would think, I wonder what my son thinks about his, you know, his father and where his father is in his life. And I was at this seminar on a weekend, thinking about life and you know where I was headed, and it just hit me like a ton of bricks that I needed to have a relationship with this son of mine. So I walked out at a break and I called his mom and I said, I'd really like to have a relationship. Would you be open to it? And at that moment, I really knew it was the first layer of the onion that I had to unpeel, and I had to take responsibility. I'd done it financially, I'd set up um financial resources and a trust for him, but I hadn't connected with him emotionally and I'll never forget the first time I met him this was shortly after his eleventh birthday birthday, and I flew to Boston to meet him and this I asked him in advance to write a list of questions about. What he wanted to know about me, because I thought eleven-year-old kid, you know, I need to give him a little help in the conversation. And he's—he was all about sports. And the first question was about what position I played in football in college. But the second question was, and I'll I'll never forget this question as long as I live. He said, "Do you want me to call you Dad or do you want me to call you Kim?" And I knew this boy wanted to have a connection. And I said, "Well, what do you want to call me?" he said, I want to call you dad. And that was what I was really missing in the early years when I was running around unconscious. And I had to wake up. And, you know, thankfully I did. And, you know, from that point forward, you know, I made the decision to retire and really tackle some of the issues in my personal life that had been blocking me from commitment. And, um, yeah, so it was... It was certainly pain in my case that brought me to the work.
1: So I think about leadership, and I think that we're leaders at work and we're leaders at home. And especially for those of us who have children, um, we're reliably leading uh, while they're with us. And this is one story about how you've started to shift a relationship with one of your children. I'm wondering. How do you see these commitments have changed the way you're fathering in general how you're leading with your children?
2: Yeah, it's been the 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 biggest um change I think I've made. I, I I've got a daughter who has really struggled with body image issues and self-harm and she's been away at a therapeutic uh boarding school environment and just this past weekend all of my kids were together at a wedding. My third daughter got married, and my my daughter was really struggling with the behavior of um, uh, the other brother um, who struggled with um, substances and just being unconscious himself. And I was able to sit with her and talk about she was worried about how he was treating me, her dad, and she was very upset about all this. And I was able to coach her through just taking her own responsibility and letting her brother um, be responsible for, you know, what he was doing and not having to step in and hero dad and let and know that dad could, um, you know, take care of himself. But importantly for her, you know, my counsel was, set boundaries with your brother, you know, take your own responsibility on your side of the street, but set boundaries with him. And she stopped and she looked at me and she goes, you know, dad, I don't know if I want to have a relationship with him right now. And I thought for a 15 year old girl, that was really amazing. So the change that she's seen in me and, you know, I've, I've gone to all my children and, you know, confessed to them, the affair, and they've all met their brother, and they obviously know about it. Um, And and so just living my life in a way, a conscious way, and them seeing me take responsibility for my actions and change in a very positive way, I think has been really powerful for them.
0: Wow. I'm appreciating you right now for your authenticity and vulnerability. You know, we say that One of the things you wake up to when you really start to wake up is that safety isn't something that exists on the outside, it's something that you source. And we say that one of the ways you source safety is you get candid. (laughs) You start telling your truth and you reveal your truth and then all of a sudden you realize you're safe wherever you go and I'm appreciating you for just your authentic revealing of yourself and your story here and I experience you to be somebody who reliably, regularly creates safety for yourself by being authentically real and revealing yourself, and I experience you doing it even right now. So I'm mm-hmm. appreciating you. <laughs> yeah,
2: thank you. One of the things, the program that I went to in L.A., the the label they use for it is Love and sex addiction, and one of the things you learn when you're in recovery is that transparency. Uh, and revealing yourself is it's the single most important thing you do. And in our mind, if we if we keep those stories, or they you know they it's like a snowball going down the hill. It builds and builds and builds, and you you create an even bigger st- story. But when when you reveal it first to yourself and then to others, it just evaporates, and you can move forward in a way that you couldn't have without without revealing. So thank you, Jim.
1: Yeah, we we were just with a group of of coaches this last weekend and we were exploring this whole topic of shame and how shame doesn't want to be spoken um because when shame is brought into the light through speaking it it starts to lose its power. And so that's what I hear you did was um you spoke your shame.
2: Yeah, totally. I that's work that addicts do over and over again. is just, it feels really shameful inside. And, you know, there's nothing about the behavior that occurred in the early part of my life my life that I'm proud of. And in the old days, I was in this shame cycle where, you know, you'd beat yourself up and then it, it would get so bad and I would act out again. But what I'm really proud of is that I, I woke up And I started to tackle the challenges. And it's in large part through disclosure and transparency that you can free yourself of those uh, real shameful moments.
0: So I'd love to hear you talk a little bit about how uh, the 15 commitments show up in your relationship with Anne Marie, who, Mm -hmm. as we said, is a deep practitioner of this work herself. So here's an example to hear. Here's a chance for us to hear about how it's really showing up in a couple that's practicing. So could you talk about that a little bit?
2: Yeah. So (laughs) we've, we've gone through, it seems like hell in five years and (laughs) I feel it. And next January we're going to be married and it's, um, it's the work that we've done to prepare for marriage has been so rewarding. One of the practices that we regularly do is sit down and and just have this practice of saying, okay, I have this withhold, something I've been feeling, either resentment about something you said or did. And, and I, I just blurt it and the receiver just says, thank you, because often the often, almost always, the withhold is really about something within me. It's a story that I've created. So we've got this process of clearing these withholds so the regrets don't build up into resentment um, that, w- that we practice. And, you know, the learning partner practice that is part of the um, 15 Commitment work or the forum work is something that we do. If you think about it, your significant other, spouse, wife is your best learning partner. And so we regularly have learning partner meetings with, with ourselves where we, we sit and say, what's here now? And we talk about the feelings and we reveal to one another what's going on. And by revealing myself in an authentic way to her and vice versa, we really get to see one another in a completely different light. And it's just, it's been magical in terms of our relationship. I think the other thing that's been really helpful is I used to jump real quickly into the hero mode and she would be out of sorts and I would try to fix it. And the work has really taught me that I don't need to fix it. I need to hear it. And there might be something there I need to learn, but I don't need to fix it for her. I can rely on her dealing with her own emotions. And so just understanding that we're separate and that I don't need to fix it, keeps me out of behaviors that really are not very healthy for us in a relationship.
1: Wow. The other big shift that I saw, uh, Kim, was um, when she had feedback for you, rather than taking it as criticism, getting really curious about what's true about the feedback and not not going into any of your own self-criticism.
2: Yeah, yeah, no. That's, that's probably been one of the biggest. And she, from an enneagram point of view, she's a one. So ones tend to have lots of judgments and can be righteous at times. And when I when I would go below the line and get really defensive, and it would it would percolate about all the you know, the judgments about myself. And when I just Step back and 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 like you say, examine like what's useful there that I can take, and what is hers. That's just a judgment that's percolating within her. It um, it stops me from getting defensive, and more importantly, she, you know, it's like I'm this tree stuck in the ground and I'm immovable. When she when her upset gets me. All wonky, and I'm moving all over the place. Then it becomes hard for both of us. But when she sees that she can't shake me, and that I'm solid in who I am, then it gives her a place to relax into me. So yeah, it's been it's been wonderful for our relationship.
0: And just I would love to, as we start to come to a close here, in the newsletter, uh the people normally when we leave. Interview a company leader, there are people in the company. In this case, the people in the newsletter are friends of yours, people who you've built friendships with practicing conscious leadership, and several of them come out of your forum. As I said, Kim's in a forum. Would you just say a little bit about what the forum experience has been like for you being in a CLG forum?
2: Oh, it's been transformational. And um, the, the learning partner part of it has been really useful. So if you think about the 11th commitment, seeking approval from within instead of outside, you know, I used to have this habit where I would be afraid to give feedback to people because they might not like me because I wanted that approval. And I've learned to step into this challenger place more and more as I've spent time in the forum. And in one of the learning partners, and I think she's one of the ones you asked to um, mm-hmm participate here, you know, there've been two major experiences where she's asked for me, me to give feedback. She's a leader in a, a church here in Chicago. And um, I went and listened to a sermon of hers and um, th- there was some, there was some feedback from it that I thought she might take critically. And it, my first instinct was, well, I can't give her the feedback about it. and. Um, I overcame that first instinct, and I actually gave her feedback. And it was really difficult for her at first, and she's, since then, though, she's thanked me you know, profusely for being willing to give her candid feedback, because a leader in a church like that is kind of a lonely role, and they don't get feedback from people very often. And so as I've stepped more and more into that challenger role, I've, I've found that not only to People like me more when I give feedback, but it can be really valuable to them and and they can do what Diana was talking about earlier about what I've done with Anne Marie is they can take from the feedback what is useful and leave with me that that's not but my role is to give the feedback so the the forums have really taught me that, and I think you know if I think through my whole life of the relationships that I've developed, those in the forum are deeper by you know multiples than any relationship I've formed before it's, it's sort of like going to war with someone. You know, we all we, we we see each other in the foxhole battling the battles that we all fight in life. And going through all that together just binds you together. Yeah I've watched
0: over the last year or so, two years your relationship with Jeannie Stevens, that's the pastor you're referring to And Rick Malati, who you're a triad. And I think you guys talk every Monday morning and meet in person. And I've watched those relationships between the three of you become something that is, I'd say, sacred, truly sacred. The way you treat, love, respect each other. You've been there for each other in the midst of incredible experiences that you've all had. And keep deepening and deepening your practice with each other. So it's just been an incredibly beautiful thing for me to watch. You guys. Yeah, it's been.
2: And, yeah. It's been fun. Rick, Rick, and I actually chuckle about it because when we first met each other in forum, neither one of us liked the other one. <laughs> each of us thought the other one was an asshole. Excuse my language. <laughs> <laughs> and, and now he's like the dearest friend I've ever had, and he's got a heart bigger than the city of Chicago. <laughs> and I love and respect them in a way that I never would have uh.
1: <laughs> i'm so I'm so struck right now um by the contrast Kim of knowing you back five, six, seven years mm-hmm. ago and and talking with you in conversation and how much adrenaline was there and how much conflict was there, and how much struggle was there, and then now, here in this conversation, feeling the ease uh feeling the openness the spaciousness of you and the life you're leading and um i'm i'm just it's it's wow what a contrast uh, Yeah, thank you it seems more you know diana I,
2: I wanted to tell you to both of you that you know i've shared the 15 commitments book with a number of people but twice in the last 3 weeks I've shared it with two two people. One, my daughter's a therapist in um, Utah, and another local guy who I met for the first time. And both of them call me back the next day, and they read the entire book that night, <laughs> and were in such high praise of the of the book. And it, it and you fully admit in the book that lots of that material comes from others. But just the way that it's put together and the roadmap it can be, like, I wouldn't be where I am today and making the progress that I've made without a roadmap to to follow. And um, the book and to each of you personally, I'm, I'm truly grateful.
0: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, friends, that'll be the end of this love fest, because we, <laughs> we really do love each other. And, uh <laughs> Kim, I imagine your girlfriend's sweetheart is hanging around there, so you go squeeze her and enjoy
1: her. Uh,
2: I will. Thank you, Jim. Yeah. Thanks, Diane. Yeah. Great yeah. being with
1: you. Yeah, and I want to say one more thing, which is um, cheers to roadmaps, but even more yeah. importantly, cheers to the courage to walk the map, to <laughs> dive into the map. And so cheers to you, Kim. I'm <sighs> I'm grateful for your conscious leadership in the world. Thank you. <laughs> I am.